Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. I'm delighted to say I'm joined in studio by Keen Moran, the RD St Mary's captain and the vastly experienced Darren Clark as well, who have uh, gone back to back in Loud after waiting so long to win uh, the Joe Ward 1995 was of course the the, la- the last time it was won up until the last couple of years uh, and we'll get to that in a second Darren but um, just wanted to t- touch first of all on the passing of Paddy Callan because a man who was we, we talked last week uh, with the girls from Dunshockland about the Keelys and the backbone that they provided to the club but Paddy Callan a driving force in RD St Mary's for so many years and the sad passing uh, during the week Yeah very sad news David in, in, in regard to St Mary's and Paddy was a great servant. He served as chairman for a long time with Ardy St Mary's and he was a kind of a synonymous figure with Ardy St Mary's and he was a, one of the founding members of the St Mary's ladies team. So uh, condolences to all the Callan family and uh, may, may Paddy rest in peace. Yeah, and it's like I was just reading uh, a couple of the, the comments and there's on just on ORP.ie or even earlier on, there's, there's pages and pages of people expressing condolences and you know, one of the things I saw mentioned was driving lads to games, and we all remember when we were younger, lads that were, you know, at the heart of a club, driving lads. Probably, I think I was thinking back to when I was younger, and you'd have about seven or eight young lads in the back of a car. Probably wouldn't be legal now, but this is the thing that that fellas did, you know, to keep things going. And every every club goes through a formative sp- spell where they need to keep things going, and you need to go out and make sure you have a team and your fielding team is underage level. And you know, he would have done lots of that himself. And as you said, they're kind of nearly, nearly filled every role in the club over the years. Yeah, and he was uh, active involved with the county board as well, and you know. Uh, Everywhere you would have went, uh, you would have seen Paddy involved in that, and you know it's amazing to have such a legacy in that. And with the Callan family, like John would have been involved with us as well for a long number of years. He would have won the championship in 1995, and uh, it's a great legacy to leave behind. And you know it's um, it, it, it's a, it's a great um, achievement for his life with Ardy St Mary's, and a credit to Paddy for all the work he done. Yeah, and the removal, just if anyone's uh, interested, the removal is tonight and then the funeral uh, at 10am tomorrow in the Church of the Nativity of Our Lady in RD. So I'm sure it'll be packed out and lots of uh, gales from around the region, not just from Loud, but further afield, I'm sure as well, will be uh, going along to that one. So uh, absolutely, as you said there, Darren, we pass on our condolences to Paddy's family and uh, I'm sure, as we said, there'll be a huge turnout for that one uh, tomorrow. But to look back on the, the success that you had, you've had this year... Um, I suppose, Keen. You know, you weren't uh, you weren't around when uh, the last time it was won in '95. Prior to last year, but you know, we would have spoken to Darren about it before, and it was such a long wait for for Joe Ward to come back to RD, and there were so many kind of heartbreaks along the way, and to get across the line last year, I suppose, was the you know the the first big step. Um, how big of a of a of a part did that play in in this year in terms of the confidence you would have taken into the campaign? Oh yeah, it was it was massive to get over to get over the line last year. I think it was. 
it's nearly just more relief that we got over the line last year. And then coming into this year, we look, we all had to, in 2022, we bought in, everyone bought in, and it was, I think that's what got us there really in the end. Everyone stuck together. We had an aim. The aim was to win Joe Ward. And as I said, we got over the line. But um, definitely coming in this year, we knew we'd have a target on our back, obviously being county champions, mm. and that we knew we'd have to raise our game again and lift it even more. So, in fairness to the lads, like you can't fault them; they've all bought in. And it's it was a thirty. I think I was at the AGM there, and I think forty players featured for us during the league campaign. Right. So it was a forty-player squad effort, really, mm. to to actually get it done in the championship as mm. well. So. That was massive, I think. Mm. And Darren, like obviously you would have been around for for a long number of years. I know you had your little sabbatical up in Sills, but you were you were in RD for a, lo- a large part of the time. And you know what Keane said there about buy-in and everything else. Did you, you know, it's I suppose maybe sometimes in hindsight it's easier to look back and say, oh yeah, you know, we, we could see there was something special happening. But at the time, when you think back to the beginning of last year, did you kind of get the feeling that you were you were on the on the brink of something special, or did it still seem as far away as as it did? I suppose that what Keane said there was right, David. In fairness, there was probably something happening within Ari in the last number of years. There was, uh, I suppose, there was really good underage teams. Like a lot of lads that's currently allowed there were involved with a really successful underage kind of outfit from under fourteen All Ireland Fela champions. Did all these fellas would have done like uh, league championship doubles all the way through. Uh, I was actually back uh, years ago. Like Barry Keenan asked me in to help out with the under sixteen team. And we won the championship there, but a lot of fellas like Donald and Liam and Tom and Kieran Keenan and Conor Gillespie and these fellas like they were all coming at that age and 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 uh, that crew like was all kind of happening, so they're all constantly winning and it's amazing what success at underage has really come to fruition. Then when you go to the adult team, so these fellas would have come in winning an awful lot at that age, and Keenan will say the same that like when they hit the senior team, they were expecting success straight away. So. You probably seen it back then when that team was kind of coming through that mm. they had the quality and the the quality that's there at the minute is really um, top class uh, standard like and you can see from we had eight fellas in the county panel last year so uh, yeah it definitely was building for a number of years and that's a credit to everybody to put in the hard work at underage level to kind of bring it to senior fruition uh, as it has been the last two years. Yeah and Keen, what Darren said there like that that underage success is a is a massive thing, isn't it? Because you do, you know, you're used to winning. You're not coming into a, you're probably coming into a senior setup saying, yeah, I'm 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 not here to make up the numbers. I've had a lot of success underage, and I'm going to come in and drive this thing on and and, and add a massive amount of value. Because when you get an influx of young talent like that, it uh, makes life easier for the older lads like Darren for one thing. But it it does kind of it, it, having that success behind you when you come in, even though it's a, it's an underage level and adult football is a different ball game altogether. But it does still, I'm sure, give you that kind of confidence to to know that you're going to come in and contribute. Yeah, it's great. Like to see them boys coming through, and like it made us the likes of me and probably Darren lift their game even more because you know the talent coming through there is unreal. And like as you said, there the boys are winning. They're winning since under twelve, like so they're used to it, and they're, they're not really going to accept that. And else, so th- that pushed the likes of me, we say the middle age kind of group lads on, and then the older lads as well to lift their game. And then it's it's good to have that as well that we had we had a nice mix of youth, mm. and then you have the middle age ones kind of 
with me, I'm probably getting on a bit now myself. And then you have like the Darren Ronan. Are you putting Are you putting Darren beyond the middle age? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Ronan and Robbie will put them all together. <laughs> the old boys, but yeah. <laughs> but the, it's needed though. I think it's it's very important. Like. Just after seeing Brian Hurley absolutely stitching the penalty into the top corner, and uh, one of my pet peeves, uh, just to go off on a little tangent, is this this notion in soccer or in Gaelic football, I suppose that. Uh, penalties are a lottery because if you stick one away like that there's no one going to save it um, they're actually kicking into the goal that the wind is blowing into which is probably just as well because the strength of that wind Darren if you were kicking into the other end you might struggle to make the, to get to, to hit the ball into the net at all with the gale that's there oh, keeper, if the ball hits him I'd say they'd be in trouble what do, you, what do you think about penalty shootouts actually in, in general while we're watching this are you in favour of them or do you think they're fair oh he nearly sticks into the top corner but it comes back off the bar for Dingle um, do you think it's a bit unfair or is it the, the best solution to, to a problem of an extra time game in the depths of winter probably is the best solution David to the problem of extra time and maybe a replay so I suppose that it's not ideal like it's not something that would have happened any years in Gaelic football but I suppose when you look at uh, a way of finalising the game it probably is a definitive end to it mm. <laughs> it's not ideal for the, all the hard work that the team have put in and it's probably you've seen the likes of Galway Armagh losing the last couple of years in the, in the inter-county scene like you know mm. and it's very tough for a team that's trained all year to go out on penalties but I suppose with the calendar um, congestion it probably is the only way to kind of maybe get the game finished and, and finalised so Castlehaven has scored there so they're leading I think it's 3-1 now so they're in, in control of that one but to go back to to RD Keane and in terms of um, you know what, what Cahill Murray has brought to the table I mean I remember I uh, actually remember Cahill playing against Meath in the, in the 1990s for down uh, I think he did it was a left footed free taker if I remember rightly with a, with a big knee bandage Colin Rourke style but uh, what, what did he bring to the table that, that was maybe different to what had, had gone before yeah like as I said Earlier about buy-in, he, he got us all the buy-in and he, I think he definitely brought us together as a group. Like, as I said, the young lads are coming through and there's, we say older lads as well, he got us all together. We go on trips away and stuff like that, which I think is very important to have. Like, because once you you know someone, you've no problem in telling them to buck up or whatever, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it's easier to do it and he definitely brought us all together and the boys, fair play to them, it's... um. It's quite player led as well, so like they listen to us, we listen to them, and mm. it's not all it's not a dictatorship. Like so, he's brought uh, no no player chart is going around uh, like the one we saw a couple no, of weeks ago, no, no. like that. No, at least <laughs> not, not in, publicly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not too, not not that bad now, but yeah, but as I said, like just we all set out to start when he came in to buy in, and we all did and stopped mm. it. Yeah, because Darren, you would have obviously played under a, a host of different managers with club, county, and everything else, and uh, I guess. You know, I think back to to when I was playing and like what what sort of managers have success to save there for uh, Dingle. So Castlehaven, I missed one there. But you know, what what was it, what is it about Cahill? You think that that got you got you across the line? Because obviously, you know, you would have had a lot of managers over the years, and and I'm sure lots of very good managers, and maybe just a little bit of luck didn't go your way. But was there anything in, in particular about about Cahill Murray that that kind of uh, was different to previous managers you've had? Yeah, I suppose you're right, David. Like, but going back, like you would have had managers that. We were very unlucky, like we were had a lot of near misses then years in regard to Championship finals and that, like we you know, would have lost a few of them in, in the space of a kick of a ball, like so when you look at that then you say that what what's the difference? And I think that obviously there's very little margin between a lot of success and failure is, is such a fine margin and that and uh, this year as Keen rightly said, the buy in from the players is unbelievable and the group and the bond that they they've got like between the new lads coming in and the older fellas. That was one thing that was really well facilitated by Cahill that the 
the, the bond and the buy-in was there with the group and that and again uh, everything else a lot of trainings and all would have been similar to what you would have done down the years but uh, you had the crop of players I suppose and the Mayors are so player-led at the minute and the strength and the desire and the the, the, the quality of the player that's in the panel like you have a massive panel as Keane said it was 40 players used in that and um, that that's just there at the moment and, and I suppose when you look at then the players coming through we've won the last two minors as well so the club's in a really strong place at the moment and um, it's great to see it like and for the future it looks really good for us at Mary's I can tell you that uh, the Dingle goalkeeper has just made a great save from the uh, Castlehaven full back away down to his right and uh, I'm not sure if it's a, a kick to win it now for Dingle but it must be getting close to that stage I've been trying to keep an eye on the score but uh, from the way the uh, the uh, Castlehaven goalkeeper here is uh, trying to let's say uh, put off the uh, Dingle uh, whose cornerback is going to take this one number four is stepping up to hit this one so it's still absolutely horrendous down there it's three all and yeah this is the last kick to win it here for uh, Dingle let's just see what happens here Darren where would you be sticking this one now keeping it low along the wet grass keep hard, David, in fairness, uh, <laughs> roll it along the ground so this, this is the winner. It looked a few moments ago as if uh, Dingle's goose was cooked. They were behind and then uh, they've uh, managed to get themselves back into it. So this is to win it. And uh, well, there'll be wild celebrations down in Kerry if this one goes in. What can you do? Up he comes, left footed and it's been saved. Oh, very weak penalty. Darren, good height for the goalkeeper. Yeah, Keemon wouldn't miss that one. In fairness, he'd stick that way. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was Tom Sullivan, is it? That uh, or one of the Kerry lads? I can't quite place the the, na the, the name or get the name, but I know his face. And uh, yeah, it wasn't a great penalty at all. But he's a cornerback, Darren. I wonder yeah, if no. maybe one of the other lads would have been stepping up to hit that one. But just one of the things you talked about there in terms of like the player-led kind of thing is that something you've seen change over the years in terms of? I mean, again, when I would have been playing, it would have been obviously you would have had the, the, the kind of it wouldn't have been called a leadership group per se, but you would have had two or three lads in the team who would have driven things on. But has that become more of a more of a feature over the years? You think that the players kind of have the have a lot more kind of control and a lot more say in what goes on, and they they drive the standards, and it doesn't always fall to the manager to do that. I suppose from my point of view, in some areas like we probably had a lot of hunger in the team, and a lot of times we hadn't won the championship, and we maybe had near misses and that. So the hunger and desire was in the group, and. I suppose that was bubbling the last couple of years. We lost 2020, semi-final 2021. Then obviously the final came around in 2022. And there's a time probably in a breaking point in the club and the team that you say, look, at, you need to really go for this and give it up to everything and that. And So that that was visible from the players and that. And Then when you have that and the quality within the group and the quality of the um, squad, uh, the experience that the fellas would have got. Like when we played the 2020 final, a lot of fellas would have been young coming out of minor. Like, mm. And the... Come in then, obviously, with Mickey Hart the last couple of years, that they've grown an awful lot. You can see that clearly in training and that, that the boys have got so stronger and the mindset's kind of changed and that, which has brought the club to a different level. Like So having a group of fellas at that kind of um, level and mindset, really kind of, when you put in the whole squad into that, it really pushes the thing on. And that's really where the buy-in came from, the desire and hunger within the group to not take no for an answer anymore and really go after So. I can tell you there's a great scenes of jubilation down in Limerick and it's a team in blue and white who are celebrating. The goalkeeper stepped up and buried his penalty for Castlehaven and then the Dingle player came up and just uh, put his over the bar. He was going for the top corner, a little bit too much height on it and uh, the worst conditions I can ever remember seeing a game being played in but that's not going to dampen the celebrations down in Limerick uh, for those Castlehaven players. We'll take a quick commercial break back with more from the lads after that. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. Keen Moore and Darren Clark from RD St Mary's are with us as is the Joe Ward Trophy as well. They brought it in and we got a nice little photo 
photographed in front of the Christmas tree and everything. So the lads are here to look back on a great year for the club and two in a row. And looking through the, um, I guess, the, the way the results went this year, it was pretty comfortable. Um, I don't know if it was uh, as comfortable as it looks on paper, Keen, but like certainly you cruise through the group and then, uh, you know, the, the quarterfinal win over the Joes, even the semi-final win, we had that game on here and you were, even though the Pats got a goal or two at certain times it closed the gap, it always looked reasonably comfortable for you. Did it feel? Did it feel like that? Did it feel like you were kind of cruising along into a final? Uh, no, well, I think Cooley gave us a bit of a scare in the group. Um, I think Kiki came off the bench and scored t- two points maybe and pulled us away and Donald got the goal. So, uh, I didn't think it was, we weren't cruising now, but we've, we were playing in bursts nearly maybe 10, 15 minutes in some games. We felt like we weren't getting the full of what we really could do, like in a lot of games. And then, I suppose, in the Joes, they they went ahead early. We we were so slow starting games this season, but then when we did get into a groove, as I said, when we played ten fifteen minutes really good football, we could blow teams away and maybe get score two three or two mm. four in that time. So then I suppose the same against the Pats, we we got we played in a burst and got got ahead, and they got the goal. We say just before half time, which kind of kept them in it. Mm. They did kind of keep getting goals, but then in the final too, like it was. We were seven, eight points down straight away, but we got into our groove again. We played for them 10, 15 minutes, but that's the belief we have, though, from even from the year before that we always know we're never really bet. Like, yeah. as long as we kind of can, can stay in the game, we will get that purple patch and we can do damage then. It's, I suppose for us, it's about trying to extend them purple patches and play, play that bit more longer yeah. and try to put teams away completely then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, and just looking through the, the, the results from the year, Darren, in the championship, you know, the only game he didn't score a goal in was in the county final. And I would say uh, Nate Martin would have been 
their number one objective would have been to stop you from getting goals in that game and they achieved that but they, they still didn't they still didn't come out on top which is I suppose a testament to your your kind of doggedness and the way you hung in there and I was down in um, Tullamore that day at the Summerhill Tullamore game and I was coming back up the road afterwards and listening to Colm and at that point I think it was maybe early in the second half but he mentioned how you'd been seven points down early on in that game I mean things don't get much worse than that in terms of starting the game badly but the only positive I suppose you had plenty of time left to turn it around but were you a little bit concerned watching on that that was uh, not an ideal start to make against a team of the calibre of Nave Martin Yeah I suppose it definitely wasn't an ideal start David in fairness you look at the lead that Nave Martin got in that and I suppose they'll be uh, looking at back at the game maybe saying that they possibly went into too early of a lead too soon like you know and it was a testament probably to a character we showed in the group in the team as well where we didn't panic like we stayed at it and you know, there's times like that you, you mightn't get into the game, but we kept chipping away then. So we we seen a few opportunities where we were able to kind of uh, stick a point on the board and then obviously set up again for the kick-out and go after it. And uh, as you said, like they would have obviously set it before the game to not concede a goal again us because they would have seen that that was a major, major threat from our end. And then w- when we kind of kept, uh, they were protecting the goals a little bit closer and we were able to uh, kick a few scores and that. And mm. You suppose yeah, from that point of view you would say it was a great comeback to not can score a goal and then obviously be able to score 15 points like, you know, yeah. to show good character on the team to be able to respond to such a negative start you know, and, yeah. and build from that and then obviously go on and win the game Keen, the, the the finale of that game was, was pretty tense and obviously Sam had an opportunity I think later on to, to level things up but from your from your point of view um, again once you get across the line once you get the win it doesn't matter how you do it. I guess to win a game like that is probably a sweet way to do it rather than winning it comfortably. But when you're in the when you're in the the throes of a tight game like that, I say the heart rate's going, and uh, you probably wish you had a bit more of a buffer. But to win it to win it by that point, it must have been very very satisfying considering how far behind you were, and just to to, to see it out and make the two in a row. Yeah, look, don't do things easy, really, us. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I suppose during the game, you're just kind of you're just focusing on the actual game. You're not really. Uh, me myself, I didn't, I no way, I didn't really know how much time was left or anything. I was just focusing on the next ball, try, try get a score. Or would you whatever. would you purposely try and avoid even asking the referee what's left in the game and just focus See, on what's going on in front of you? The fact it's just, I suppose in them last ten minutes you can sense it from the crowd that it's getting late mm. and it's just so hectic. You know, you know, I'm not even thinking about the time here. I'm just let's try get the next score. Let's stop them getting their score. So it's just. It's just mayhem, really, and yeah, when look when you do win it like that, it's it is sweet too. But yeah, it's some feeling. It's just delighted to, to get over the line again. And the thing about it is, as well, I guess, and you know, oftentimes when a when a club wins something for the first time in a long time, it'd be very easy to not even consciously switch off the following year. But the, the hunger mightn't be mightn't be just there as much as it was the first time around. But clearly, that wasn't any kind of an issue for you guys at all. No, like as you was saying, there the lads. But in again, and we knew, as I said, we had a target mark. We knew we had to step up, even what we'd done from 22, that we'd have to go that extra mile. And, yeah, the hunger was there. Like, that, that was, there was no question of that. Anyway, it wasn't the fact that we have our one, uh, we're happy with that. No, mm. it's keep going and it's, uh, it'll be the same next year as well. The hunger's going to be there too. Going for the three in a row. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> we, have it, we, have it, we have it on record now. The target will be back, bigger on your back yeah, next year. Yeah, that's it. But Darren, I suppose that's the, the thing about it as well, is when you do get that success after such a long long time away from, from winning it, um, you know, the, these opportunities don't come along very often and sport is littered with people, whatever level it's at, whether it's professional, amateur, soccer, GA, whatever, who 
you know, regret not applying themselves maybe as much as they, they, they could have when when things were there to be won and maybe not winning as much as they should have. But Ferrari St. Mary's come back again and do it again this year. Because you just don't know what's going to happen in another in another five years' time. That group of players that is coming through at the minute, and you mentioned the underage success, so things certainly look healthy, but you just never know what could happen with fellas going away travelling or injuries or whatever else. So you really do have to kind of capitalise on these these opportunities when they come along and, and just park last year, as they say, and, and go again. Isn't that what, kind of what it's all about, really? Yeah, no, I 100% agree, David. Like, one of the championship finals we lost a few years back, and we had a really strong team at the time. We were at the top table. And that team then fractured off. Like there was a lot of fellas because you lost it. Then maybe went travelling, went away, and mm. they didn't stay together. So it is so important that when you're at that level and you have such a good group of players to kind of stay at it and look for all them kind of targets to go after. And like there's been many successful teams, the Newtown Blues, the the Pats, you know, the Cullens and all. Like they've had really good success in the years and that. And so Mary's needs to go after that now and really kind of go after them targets mm. that's um, out there. And with the group of players you have and the players coming through as well the quality is there within the team and that so yeah it is so important that when you're at the top level to stay at it and you know everyone's out to beat you so you have to raise your standards a little bit more like yeah and in terms of the again the evolution of, of the game and, and the training and everything else like when you when you compare the training say last year or the year just gone in RD versus what was being done 10 years ago like the, the I guess the analogy that's used a lot is that club teams nowadays are training like county teams were 10-15 years ago is that is that accurate is it is it quite as heavy going as that or is it is is there still plenty of room for a bit of balance yeah, look, look it's fairly hectic in fairness now it's um, probably is back to what county maybe was a few years back like where you're kind of you have your gym sessions you have your recovery sessions and then you have obviously your pit sessions and that so the workload mightn't be just as much as it was in regard to flogging lads and that and kind of doing laps of that, uh, uh, that type of end of things but it's more probably specific now with regard to weights and um, your gym sessions are so important now to the modern game with um, to be conditioned and to be right for um, competition so yeah it definitely is as much probably time but uh, probably less of a load mm. and more specific to what you're doing. And what about you, Keane? I know you were saying there off air that you're you're up in Dublin a couple of days a week and you're working from home a few days a week as well. Do you do you find it easy to to fit the training in? And how how often in the the train per week? What's the what's the normal week look like for you guys in in the midst of a championship? Oh yeah, like I suppose when you're winning, it's it's easier to get up and train. But yeah, so we train Tuesdays, we train three nights a week out in the field, and then you probably have your two gym sessions um, to be done by yourself. Whenever you can during the week, it's up to you. Like, and then you might have a recovery session in there, or you might might be a like a bike row ski or something. It's up, it's up to yourself really. Mm. But there wouldn't be much pressure on that. But you're probably looking at it's probably five nights a week, like for club. Right. You know what I mean. So it's it is it is a lot now. But as I said, when you're winning, it's it's easy to get up there and um, train away. Yeah, it is a lot, isn't it, Darren? When you when you think about it that way, five nights out of seven to be doing. I suppose, as you say, as Keane says there, you know, you're enjoying it if lads are happy enough to go down and do a bit of gym work or whatever on their own, and then do the collective training. But it's uh, yeah, it's a fair, it's a fair amount of commitment, isn't it? Yeah, I was, I was actually managing D Rangers as well uh, during that as well, David. So there was a uh, was a hectic time already <laughs> last year. So uh, every night was filled up. But um, no, look, as Keane said, rightly, it's in, it's enjoyable, and uh, at the end of the day. The group that's there is really kind of pushing each other on, and not just in the pitch but in the gym, and kind of everyone's kind of buying into that end of it. So from yeah. that side of it, it makes it easier. Yeah. Um. But definitely, uh, club football at the minute is a serious commitment. Like you know, it probably is what county level was a number of years ago. Yeah. So we were kind of saying, where's the future? Where does it kind of lie in time? Like you know, because yeah. the standards and the fitness levels are 
really really high like you know yeah unless there's uh, someone manage, manages to magic up another day of the week or something like this well yeah it's certainly like time pressure is uh, is uh, is certainly extreme at the minute talk to me a little bit Keen, about the game against Kilmacud Croaks because I think everybody going into that game you're up against the All Ireland champions the you know could could go down and it's a bit early to say but could go down as one of the greatest club teams of all time depending on what happens over the next few years but uh, they're Leinster champions now they'll meet Glen possibly or Scottstown in the semi-final if it's Glen there'll certainly be a bit of needle in that game I'd imagine but that game in RD that day 10 points behind at half time I know there was a bit of a, a bit of a win there I'm not sure how, how significant it was but I mean it, it looked like it was all over by the shouting at half time against a team of their calibre but the second half showing you put in and you got it back to I think two points there were a few I think there were a few wides along the way as mm-hmm. well there's bound to be but uh, just listening to the commentary that they would call them and there were a few wides that you know you could have gotten yourselves back in level terms or ahead yeah. but is that game something that that performance something that fills you with pride against a team like that um, and is there a little bit of um, frustration in there that you, you, you didn't actually get it done because that would have been that would have gone down as probably one of the great probably the greatest result in our DC Mary's history I would guess yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, Phil's massive pride, like the the showing we did to come out and come back from ten points down, and they they were really worried. Like talking to a lot of people after the game, and they said even the Kilmacud fans they were really worried. They thought we were going to do it. Well, I got a text off a friend of mine who was at it, who's a Kilmacud Croaks man, and uh, he texted me when you got it back to two points. He's yeah. like, "We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, lose yeah. this." He um, was worried. Yeah, you could even you could feel it out in the pitch as well. You're thinking, "We we can we can get these," but then. Look, unfortunately, we we had kicked three or four wides, and look on another day they could have went over. But you can't afford to miss them things against a team like that because they're going to punish you. And they come up, I think, to score the next two points maybe, and probably made a couple of subs as well. And I think we were a bit deflated then. Yeah. Could maybe for fresh legs could have helped us maybe as well, and might be able to pull it back, but. I think that was a defining moment after them mm. when we put them wides and they got up and scored us kind of took the wind out of our sails a bit and uh, yeah but like it was massive for the club like it was a great day and then when that goal I think when that goal went in when Ryan Rooney scored that goal I never heard a, a roar so big in the Mary's pitch yeah to have it on your own in your own patch yeah, as well it was yeah it was, it was amazing it was a great day like so look fills us with confidence obviously you don't want to be looking past um, loud get out loud first but um, we learn from that big time that game and learn a lot from it and mm. it should stand to us in the future well is, you know we hear that a lot I suppose about after games when you when particularly when teams lose that you know it's win or learn or whatever but what is there anything specific that you would you would that you would learn that you would have learned from that game or if you look if you had it again you'd, you'd do yeah. something a little bit differently is there anything specific that comes to mind yeah well personally I think maybe like if there was such a strong win maybe we should have Maybe just sat back off them a little bit and try maybe do damage limitation rather than in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe if the lead was only six, mm. seven, maybe mm. half time, you have a better chance then pulling that back with such a strong win. That'd be my main thing that you should, could learn from. Yeah. That we can't always be going maybe attacking yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? So that's the main thing I'd get from that either. And from you, Darren, like. You know, obviously, you've been familiar enough with the Dublin with the Dublin scene. Croaks have always been one of those teams that have been like hugely strong. It's become more so in, in recent times. Obviously, Shane Walsh, uh, his addition has been a, a topic of conversation for a lot of people too. But they're so strong. At half time, ten points down, were you thinking this is going to get ugly, or did you feel like there was a, a comeback in in the lads? No, I kind of seen that in the first half, David, that there was um, opportunities there. You know, Kim McCoy obviously 
hadn't really probably hit top gear but as Keane's saying there as well we are learnings from it was we probably sat a little bit obviously attacked a little bit too much in the first half but there was times when we probably could have pressed it a little bit more on Mannion and Walsh were kicking scores from outside the 45 like you know when you have calibre that type of player and mm -hmm. team you have to kind of get a bit tighter to them but um, yeah like in fairness credit to the team as well like 10 points down at half time came back Um suppose maybe the fact that we let them get that 10 point lead if it had been anywhere closer like if we had to curtail them a little bit more in the first half mm. against the wind you probably would have left yourself in with a really strong opportunity even though the opportunities did arise for us and unfortunately we just didn't take them but um, yeah there's definitely learning um, but it just shows that you can kind of compete with teams of that calibre as well which is a major mm. uh, plus from a Mary's point of view and um, you know obviously Kilmacud ran the bench that little bit more we could have probably looked at that that's a learning call from our end that we probably didn't introduce players quick enough. Yeah. Um, they ran the bench, put five subs on, that had good impact on the game. Um, but overall, like you know, when you look at the calibre of Kilmacud, that they they are obviously all Ireland champions and they're going again for yeah. another all Ireland semi final and that. So you know, to have them uh, in our home patch and that, and you know, being with an opportunity of beating them towards the end was was really positive, and that'll be something that the lads will take into. Uh, for for the years ahead, like you know, and for you, um, will you go again next year? I know you're involved with the loud ladies. You mentioned the Rangers there. You're involved with the the new management and the loud ladies. So how's your how's your uh, football boot situation looking next year? Are yeah. you buying a new pair? Are you hanging them up? <laughs> Definitely not buying a new the pair. New yeah. the, new, the new predators are out. You have to get a pair of them. You sponsor them, David. <laughs> see what I can do. Yeah. Will you go again next year? Do you think or your your yeah. commitments will be be uh, be taken over? Yeah, obviously, look, something I have to think about over Christmas and that, so uh, getting to the stage now, you need to be thinking of that, so that's something, obviously, you think over, enjoy Christmas and think about that, and mm. uh, yeah, busy at the moment, anyway, David, with the, we're back there with the loud ladies at the minute, and the training, kind of uh, doing a lot of gym work, and on the pitch then twice a week as well, so that's kind of taking up time as well, but yeah, yeah it's enjoyable and that, and um, that, that, I enjoy the coaching end of things too as well, like, that's really kind of good, and, yeah. and uh, it's really good to see the improvement in teams as well and that, so... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We won't retire. You, we won't retire you just yet. And Keen, for yourself, um, enjoying the Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I didn't actually see any. Thankfully, didn't see any any note in that little uh, player chart that went around last week about lads not enjoying their Christmas. I'm sure you're all allowed to do that and have a have a, a bit of turkey and and whatnot and and a few beers. But um, I guess it's it's this time of year and the season is only just finished as well. But this time of year, it's always a nice time to kind of you know, a few days off, maybe go down and have a few points, look back on, on the season that you've had and, and kind of reflect on what you've achieved. It's it's a nice time of the year and it's a nice a nice thing to be able to look back on two two in a row and loud and, and maybe plot the, the, the three in a row. Yeah, that's it. Like um yeah it is it's especially when you win it, it's nice to go down, meet people and talk about the season and everyone's delighted, you know, getting pats on the back and all that, but until next season go to go again. But uh, yeah, it's it. You, you need time away from football as well, like just to relax and I suppose regroup for the year after. Like, because if you're playing uh, fair play to the lads who are back in with the county, I think they're only two weeks off and they're straight back in. Like, mm. it's tough going. Like, so I'm just happy to have Christmas off now. And as you said, down for a few pints and eat whatever you want and not feel guilty about it. And when will you be back? <laughs> when will you go back training then? Do you know, is it usually January or a little yeah, later? Last year we kind of went late January, I think we went back. So I no word yet but I presume mm. probably be the same this year you'll probably get a text walking out the door now tonight yeah. if you're back next week <laughs> <laughs> I'll not be replying but uh, look it's been a great it's been a great couple of years for you lads and it's uh, as you said there earlier on it's not just the impact that it has on the on the group but the, the wider village and everyone that's been involved and we, we talked about Paddy Callan earlier on and his sad passing but everybody's been involved in the club 
all the way along and has, has played any little bit of a part in the success that you've had or has trained any of the underage lads or whatever like that's that's what it's that's what it's all about isn't it darren that's the, that's kind of why why it's so important to, to have these little bits of success and to to enjoy them as well absolutely david it's all about enjoying it and i suppose you look back to the fellas when you see after the game fellas that would have coached under age like that are so proud of the achievement like because it took so long to get there and then you see all the kids as well, uh, the Kilmer Cook game especially, and mm-hmm. even after the championship final and that, that they are kind of so much into the team now and mm-hmm. they're wearing the colours and there's um, kind of, that's all good for the future as well because I think when you look at that underage and the grassroots end of it, that once they see the team with a bit of success and they, they see the cup there and they see what it means to the people and that and, you know, the pride that's in the, in winning as well, like it really kind of pushes them on to kind of mm-hmm. go and maybe achieve something uh, great themselves. So, from that point of view, it's great the, that that's happening, and uh, it definitely gives the future and the the, the your underage uh, players re- really like they would have supported us all throughout the year, like you know what I mean. Yeah. They would have been yeah. up watching us and that, and uh, our trainings and that. So it's great to see that that there is well, pose well for the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a great couple of years for you, and I'm sure. Uh, There'll be plenty of uh, people listening in from around the county who'll be hoping that you're not back in here yeah. again next year with Joe Ward, but you'll be determined to go for the three in a row. Listen, uh, Keen and Darren Clark, thanks so much for popping in and all the very best of luck for next year and uh, have a great Christmas. We'll be back after this. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.